The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connection Podcast, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, heal your deepest hurts, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'd like to talk about a little bit about our namesake topic, intuition, and I'd like to talk about trusting your intuition and how to know when we should trust our intuition. And really even more than that, the deeper idea that when we trust our inner wisdom, we um, are in effect surrendering to that deeper spiritual process of life. We should probably start by a little recap of what is intuition. Intuition, in my mind, is that inner wisdom that comes from our higher spiritual selves. I believe, as you've probably heard before, that we are all spiritual beings in physical form. So we are spiritual at our core, and we are currently having a human experience for our own learning and growth, and as well as the learning and growth of all of the other spirits or the collective uh, oneness that we are all a part of. So intuition becomes our connection to spirit. It's that deeper form of knowing that we have when we exist in spiritual form, but sometimes lose connection with, at least on the surface when we are here in physical bodies. And in the physical world, the, what is most important or what's viewed as most important in our society is thought, the power of thought, the power of our conceptual minds and our ability to understand things from that mental place as mental constructs. And thought is not necessarily a bad thing, but it has just become way too important in the human realm. And also, it's a societally conditioned thing. So thought is something that you learn um, and your brain learns um, in interacting with others. And thought therefore becomes very, very contaminated with our social conditioning. It is in fact a function of our social conditioning. And because right now our world is, and all of our social conditioning is very much steeped with the energy of fear, for most of us, our thought processes are also very much influenced by fear-based energies and ideas. But the more important thing that we're going to talk about today and the biggest limitation of thought is just that we don't put it in its proper place, right? We live in a society that teaches us that we need to be rational, 
thinking things through, logical, linear, and that that mind and that way of looking at things is either the only way or the best way or both. And in fact, if your goal is to awaken spiritually, if your goal is to live a beautiful, divinely guided life, if your goal is to experience more joy and meaning in this human experience, then the real gold, first and foremost, is in following your intuition. And then thought has this beautiful role of being the translator, the explainer of that intuitive knowing. So oftentimes we are taught to lead with our thought, but what I am suggesting today is that we flip that around and you start by learning to tap into your intuitive knowing and use your thinking mind in service of that. And so this is where the idea and importance of trusting that intuition becomes so important. And when we learn to trust our inner knowing, we are also learning to put our faith not in our small minds and our egos and the way that we are trying to control the world and understand the world through thought. And thought also tends to want to parse up our experience. It wants a finite answer. It wants to know. It wants there to be like a final thing. And all of these things come from a place of wanting to control, which is a natural, normal thing that thought does. But that's not ultimately how our spiritual selves work. So intuition has more of a sense of allowing. It has more of a sense of surrender. It has more of a space of not knowing. It has more of just a sense of spaciousness. And when I talk about not knowing, that could be a little bit confusing. And again, intuition exists at the end of the day beyond the level of words because your spirit cannot fully be captured in concepts or the, the conceptual knowing or thoughts of your linear mind or in words because um, words are of the human realm, but they are very limiting when it comes to understanding and experiencing our true spiritual nature. So when we have words, they can point us in a certain direction, but they can't in and of themselves capture the truth. So this is a very important thing to know. Another reason why your intuition is so powerful But when I say a space of not knowing, what I mean is we can know in our beings and we can know intuitively things, but as soon as the mind kicks in, wanting to explain, to know, to hold something true across time, because that's what the brain wants to do, the brain and the mind and thought want to do. They want to make something true across time. Intuition is only true in the present moment and the present moment is always changing. All right, so that's another thing that's different between your mind and your intuitive knowing. Your intuitive knowing tells you what's true for you now in this present moment, which is, at the end of the day, the only moment that matters. Your thought is trying to create a reality across time. It's trying to create linear linear reality for you, which is a great thing when you're trying to participate in human reality. But if you think that's the only reality or the true reality rather than just an experience that you're having right now. If you don't recognize that you're more than that human reality, even though you may choose to participate in it, in fact, I would highly recommend participating in it since you are here in a physical body. It's the right thing to do for most of us. But nonetheless, let me find the train of thought. Um, 
our true intuitive knowing is just much, much, much greater than that which can be captured in our minds. And our minds and our words can sometimes be the tool with which we can translate to the best of our abilities that intuitive knowing, but again, it's coming from a bigger and brighter place. So you can say it comes from a place of not knowing in the small mind sense, or you could say it comes from a place of deeper knowing, of spiritual knowing. And I will leave it to you to figure out what words work for you and um, to see through the apparent paradox, because there is none. So as we talk about trusting our intuition, it's important for us to just take a few moments to understand what intuition is and what intuition is not. Because there can be a lot of confusions about this. Oftentimes, I see people wanting to quote-unquote trust their intuition when really what they're doing is they just want something to be true. And they want something to be true. Um, their, their minds want something to be true. Their ego wants something to be true. Um, they might not be able to explain why it's going to be true. And so they say it's their intuition. If your gut feeling is very tied up with something that your small mind really wants really, really bad, I would be skeptical because wishful thinking and intuition are simply not the same thing. And intuition is always emotionally neutral. You know, sometimes, oftentimes I've had someone say they have a sense that it's going to be okay. And then their mind, like say they're struggling with the situation and they'll be like, I have a sense it's all going to be okay. And they interpret it's all going to be okay to mean, you know, Gramps is not going to die. My child is not going to have to be hospitalized. Um, we're get, my husband's going to get this job. I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, be able to afford this medicine. And none of those things come to pass, right? Um, but oftentimes that deeper feeling of everything's going to be okay is in fact their intuitive guidance saying yes. There's a way through this. Surrender to life. You'll get there. Sometimes the superficial things that we think we want are not actually the things that serve us the most. So maybe your child isn't going to be hospitalized and through that experience, she's going to get where she needs to go. And maybe you're not going to get that job, right? But you're going to get something that's so much better. Or maybe, you know, right now it's, it's the, your time to explore a different thing by not working, and maybe that medicine is not affordable or accessible to you, not because, you know, the universe is withholding what you need to survive, but because there's something better and that's not the right fit for you or this isn't the right time for you to have that. So intuition can oftentimes give people that sense that all is well and, and really almost all the time all is well on the deepest sense. Um, but sometimes our smaller minds want to micromanage what it would mean for all things to be well, and your spirit knows best. So intuition is not wishful thinking, and wishful thinking can actually sort of override that beautiful intuitive knowing that can actually let you know that you are safe and okay, even if the world outside is not going the way your mind thinks it should. Intuition is also different from instinct, right? So as a Spirit in physical form, just like any animal, you have instincts. You have fear if you see a predator. You have, I mean, that's the biggest instinct, right? You probably, when you're hungry, you reach for food. 
And humans are a little bit different than animals because we have a lot more layers of mental gunk that overlay our instincts and those basic instincts and, and, and are over them. So for instance, you can respond as a human as if you're being chased by a tiger when you just have um, a stressful phone call to make, right? Because our minds are super, super powerful at, um, at um, determining our, our instinctual responses. But at the very basic, basic humans do have instincts, but I don't think our instincts are intuition. Intuition is deeper than that. And again, it, intuition can come through your body, just the same way that you have an instinctual reaction to something, but it's much deeper, it's much clearer, and it is a more beautiful form of knowing. Animals sometimes experience their intuition instinctually because they don't have minds, and so it's that full body uh, sensation. And also, um, it's part of their, their wiring. And so we have that as well. But I want to get this from the guides because I know this is getting, could be getting a little confusing. But the point is that intuition are not just those knee-jerk instinctual reactions. And to understand it as such really limits ourselves. And again, it would make you think that if I trust my intuition, I just become sort of a blind, you know, Pavlovian dog responding to my environment and intuition is not that it's much greater than that in fact it's what helps you transcend that because a lot of thought is conditioned just like Pavlov's dog and if you don't know about Pavlov's Pavlov's dogs <laughs> um, google it um, because I'm not going to explain it now but it's basic psychology of of how we train ourselves to respond to our environments so intuition is not instinct it's not our, um, it's not our wishful thinking and it's not even our conditioned mind or our unconscious where sometimes we have these unconscious um, knee-jerk reactions to people, places, and things based on our past experience and we don't know why we're reacting that way. Um, an example that I can think of is um, I was once, I when I um, delivered my daughter, my first child, I had a particularly bad experience with a midwife. And I had another doctor, uh, another midwife years later, and I just didn't like her. And all of a sudden, it occurred to me that she really looked like my first midwife. And that something about her reminded me of that person. So that could have, I could have thought of as my intuition. But in fact, once I realized that physically she just reminded me of the first midwife, I was like able to look at it anew and say, okay, let me, let me take the situation at face value and now see how I feel. So sometimes we have these associations um, or things that we've learned. Maybe you've learned that blonde people are stupid. I'm a blonde person. You can't see me right now, but I am, right? And so, you know, you may respond to people with blonde hair and think that they don't know anything. Um, I mean, terrible example, but it is what it is. So these kind of associations are also not your intuition. These are things that you learn and you may not be conscious of them because oftentimes our prejudices in particular are not things that we would fess up to or are really aware to, but things that we have um, picked up from years of living in society and consensual reality and they're just sort of out there and they come into our minds. But again, your intuition is deeper and brighter than that. So trusting those knee-jerk reactions is not the same as trusting your intuition and can be detrimental. So this brings us to the perennial question, <laughs> how do you know it's your intuition, right? Versus your mind versus all of these other kinds of 
of factors. And friends, part of this is a learning curve and you start to learn. And as you start to even open up to the idea that there is this intuitive knowing, you know, and you start to practice, you start to get more in touch with your own inner wisdom and know what it feels like. But a couple things to know about intuition and how to quickly differentiate it from your thinking mind, instincts, wishful thinking, any of those things are first and foremost, your intuition is neutral. I would say 99% of the time when you have intuitive information, it will be free of emotion. It might feel expansive. Occasionally it feels exciting, um, but not the revved up kind of exciting, more of just the, oh my gosh, just ah, kind of exciting. It's emotionally neutral. It's usually uplifting and positive, but not in a revved up kind of, you know, like, oh, I'm so excited. This is so great. That's, that's still your thoughts <laughs> and still your emotions. It's neutral. It's flat. It's beautiful, but it doesn't have a lot of emotional charge. So that's the first thing. And this is true even if your intuition is telling you something potentially that you don't want to know. So I occasionally do get intuitions about people passing over. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens sometimes. And out, the times that that has happened for me, it's always neutral. It's just clear. I don't have any emotional attachment to it. It's just information that comes through. What can sometimes happen is that if you have a clear um, intuition and then it's something that you have a lot of emotion around, you can very quickly sort of fill in the blanks with your emotional experience. So that's why I said 99% because about 1% of the time they might be a little muddled. But in that 1% of the time, I would still be skeptical because most of the time your intuition should be clear. Another way of knowing it's your intuition is it will probably keep happening for you, right? Intuition, and remember, intuition isn't just in your mind. Intuition can be um, come through signs in the environment. It can come out of other people's mouths. It can come all sorts of places. So a really cool example is I was trying to decide the other night if I should go to a concert. I had tickets for a concert, but I was wiped out. I was tired. I really wanted to go, but I was also feeling extremely lazy and resistant to the idea of going, even though I'd spent a ton of money on these tickets. And all of the signs were pointing me to go random signs. Um, I asked one of my teachers, she said you should go. She's fantastic using her own intuition to provide guidance. Um, I have a coin flip app on my phone and like 12 times in a row, the coin said heads, you should go. Like, and it's, it's a random app. A song came on the radio that was basically telling me to go, should I stay or should I go? And, and as I heard that song and started cracking up, I was like, I was like, give me a line. And the line that came through at that moment was, if I go, it will be trouble. If I stay, it will be double. And then it just kept going. And the final sign for me before I actually decided that I could not ignore them anymore was a poster of the band arrived in my mailbox. I had signed up six months prior for their fan group and randomly the poster came the day of the concert. And as soon as I saw that that band had sent me, I was like, okay, clearly. So these are all, I consider all of that to be my intuition. At that point, my strong resistance to wanting to go just because I was feeling so lazy and so tired and so pokey and so like, I don't want to have to do anything I don't want to do kind of blocked my hearing the inner knowing in my voice and in my body. Um, but the universe was still providing signs if I was willing to listen to them and I did and I trusted it and, and friends, it was really fun. So I am so glad I went and listened to those signs. And also so grateful that the signs kept coming because it doesn't always work that way, right? 
So if you are getting these very strong messages and they are all coming together, that can also be a sign. And again, I probably trusted it a little bit more because it was all against what I wanted. And sometimes, you know, your wants can override your ability to hear your intuition. But nonetheless, I've also had very strong signs on things that I wanted to do. And so if you are hearing the message from multiple places, I usually think three is a good number. Obviously, this one example went far beyond three signs. But, you know, that's when you start to pay attention. And that might be your intuition as well. Also, intuition is often surprising. So our mind can only sort of rehash what we already know. But your intuition can point you in directions that your small mind never would have imagined. If you find that it's really, you know, information just blows your mind of like, oh my God, I never could have thought of that and it feels good, that is probably also your intuition. So, so far we've talked about how to know what is your intuition and and what is not. And of course, one of the ways in which we learn to trust our intuitive knowing is, is in our ability to discern what's coming from that voice of intuition and what's coming from other sources, most notably our minds. But there's a deeper issue and question here when we talk about trusting our intuition. And this has to do with our orientation to life. The idea is that when we trust our intuitive knowing, right, assuming that you can start to identify what is your intuitive knowing, which I know all of you are well on your way to doing on a fairly regular basis. But as we start to trust in that and make the connection with that, the deeper issue here is how do you work with and surrender to the very process of life? The idea is that your mind wants to control life, where your intuition wants to help you flow along with the divine forces that are guiding your existence. So when we talk about surrendering to our intuition and trusting our intuition and trust and surrender, I'm using those terms interchangeably right now, what we're really talking about is trusting in the process of life and trusting in spirit and our spiritual knowing over all the noise and confusion and micromanaging of our human minds. And this is often the more difficult step beyond... Uh, tuning into your intuition and trust, learning to trust your intuition because there's a couple things. One, there will always be a sense in which your mind will want to know, 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 and will question your inner wisdom and will question the soul and will keep wanting more information, more validation, more, 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 which can get in the way of, of our trusting that inner, inner wisdom and our inner divinity. It's also the case that sometimes in our quest to know and understand, we can become derailed. We can become derailed from the path that our spirit chose for us in life. We can become confused. We can become overwhelmed. And these are all opportunities to surrender to and open up to something that is greater than our small selves. And these are all great opportunities to trust, to tap into, and begin to trust your intuitive knowing. And trusting your intuition does mean letting go. It means letting go of all the noise and chatter in your mind. It means oftentimes letting go of what you think or how you think things are supposed to be. 
It means letting go of many of the things that you've been taught that you should do because your intuition is about shoulds. Shoulds are judgments, they're values, they're things that you've learned from humanity and from your social conditioning. And your intuition is, again, it's guidance from your soul. It's beyond that. And that is, in fact, what makes it so much more powerful. So as you, my friend, learn to trust in and tap into your intuitive knowing, which I highly recommend, you are, in fact, tapping into that deeper uh, spiritual meaning and purpose of your life. It also means um, that in some sense, by human standards, you may sometimes feel like you're doing things backwards. Like you are tapping into your intuitive knowing and getting ideas. And then after the fact, you kind of turn around and go, oh, you know, use your intellect to go, oh, that's why that makes sense. I do this all the time in my work. And I did this most notably when I started as a counselor and I would just trust my intuition. And sometimes I would be like a little bit um, nervous about that because people were not always coming to me for my intuition. And I would just, but I would often just follow what my intuition was telling me to ask, telling me to do in a session. And then afterwards, maybe feel a little bit guilty or uncomfortable about that. Like I was cheating or something and wasn't giving my clients, you know, what they were asking for. But what what ended up happening at the end of the day is that I would get validation over and over again, not just from the fact that my clients were getting better and that they were appreciating what was happening in our sessions, But also, I would open a book and realize, oh, that thing that I thought I developed is a technique. I just hadn't learned it yet. Following my intuition actually brought me back to what I could have learned in a book. But when we follow our inner knowing, it's so much more alive. Because if I had tried to figure out what what, um, techniques or tools to use based on what I had read in a book, it would have slowed me down. It would have taken me out of the flow. I would have been overthinking. I would have been trying to manage. And when I tuned into the flow of life and to the flow of my inner wisdom, I was able to come up with exactly the right things that that client needed in that moment. And then, thank goodness, I also had validation oftentimes you know, from my teachers, from my books, from my research that other people actually agreed with those things and that those were actually clinically appropriate things as well. So that, that was nice. So oftentimes following our inner wisdom does seem to be backwards. You follow that guidance and then as you walk along your path, you'll get validation that this is the right path. And this is another way in which we can learn to trust our intuitive knowing because as you start to trust, you will receive more and more validation when you are on the right path. And that's another way to know you're on the right path, right? You initially trust, you take a few tiny steps, things look amazing, you take a few more steps and and the process continues. But in order to really make full use of your intuitive knowing, you have to surrender to it. You have to trust it. You don't have to, you know, leap, make a giant leap of craziness. If your intuition tells you to jump off a bridge, please do not, right? It's probably not your intuition anyway. But oftentimes... When we do follow our inner knowing, magical things will happen. The last question I want to address today before we wrap up, because I hear people asking me in it, asking me it right now is, can your intuition ever be wrong? Right? You're asking me to trust this thing, but what if it's wrong? Well, friends, in my estimation, that pure intuition can never be wrong. It may not be what you want to hear or do, but 
it is the voice of your soul and it is always pointing you in the right direction for what is true for you now in the present moment. So it could change, but whatever is right for you now in the present moment, that's what your intuition will tell you. And if things shift or change, if you continue to follow your intuition to the next moment, you might get a different answer, but it will still be true. However, the limits of intuition are the limits of our very own human selves. And that is when we are receiving intuitive guidance, we are receiving it as human beings with all of our human flaws and also with our very noisy minds, right? Because intuition has to work through oftentimes that mental channel. And and though I often say it comes from a still mind, there's still oftentimes some interpretation that happens for many of us and that can cloud up that intuitive knowing. Okay, so the thought can come in and intrude. And because of that, that is where we get into error with intuition because we're not hearing it clearly. We're not communicating it clearly or we're not interpreting it clearly. And that is why we always take, you know, not always, (laughs) but you can sometimes take baby steps. If something comes through and it doesn't feel right, first of all, it might not be your intuition. Um, anyway, because intuition usually feels right, but also it is fine to question. We don't want to over question, but again, God also gave you a logical mind. And so use that and use discernment and know if you're not sure and the message is important, it will come again, right? Our guides, our spirit never gives up on us. So even if in this moment you make the wrong step or you don't take a step or you don't hear it clearly, don't worry. Life is an ongoing process. You will get many more choices. So that is all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this information. I surely enjoyed sharing it with you. Namaste. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you gain strength, clarity, and growth from today's episode. For more information and to submit a topic that you'd like to see addressed in a future episode, please visit my website, victoriashawintuitive.com, where you'll find the resources to help you step into your power and awaken your own inner wisdom. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.